everyone and welcome back to another episode of Deets with Dita. I'm your host Nandita and today we have our first returning guest back, Max back. <laughs> I like it, the sequel. I like it, this time it's personal. <laughs> the return of Matt. <laughs> this is, I should have just called this episode the return of Matt. <laughs> um, but yes, Matt is back and we are going to be talking about the Oscar films of 2019. Now, I looked at this roster of films, and I can't lie, it was a very weird year. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was a weird, weird year for a number of reasons as well, because the, the Oscars had so... They seem to have made a big cock up of it before it even started. So they had the... I don't know if you remember, the Kevin Hart debacle, where he was going to host, and then he quit. Um, and then they had... Um, what was it called? I wrote it down. Um, they, they added that... Uh, yeah, they were trying to add an extra category called Most Popular Film. And I don't, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you knew this, but they tried to add a category called Most Popular Film and everybody thought that they were doing that just so that Black Panther could get, uh, it was almost like a token award. Um, and then, so they added it and then they took it away again. Um, and then there was another one where they, they, they were good. They planned to take four, four of the categories off the TV schedule. So they weren't going to show, um, in the award ceremony, they weren't going to show uh, cinematography or editing. Um, or hair and makeup, and there was one other, and I can't remember what it was, but and, and then they re- they rescinded that uh, decision as well, and they went, oh, sorry, no, we'll do that. So before they even got to the nominations, they'd already just made a string of catastrophic errors. I did not know any of this, and I'm utterly shocked. That is insane. Um, but it sounds very Oscar, um, Oscar-esque, you know? I feel like that's a very on-brand for the Oscars. Definitely. But yeah, I think um, it's just, it's very weird that year because there were so many, because I was even on like Twitter and I was like on, uh, I'm on like film Twitter. So I get loads of posts from like people, big film nerds on Twitter. And they randomly spoke about how 2018 for as a year of films, they were just really weird. And like, apparently like your favorite film of 2018 says a lot about you because there were just weird films that came out that year. (laughs) Okay, so what was your favourite 2018 film then? Do I remember? Honestly, <laughs> no. I have no clue. I mean, I have a good winner for the 2019 Oscars. Like, well, um, 2018, your favourite film was obviously The Shape of Water. Just saying. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. You still have not convinced me. <laughs> it's It's better than the last time I had watched it. But... It's still not yeah. great. But... Episode one hundred of the podcast, we'll uh, we'll rewatch it again, uh, and we'll keep rewatching it until you agree it's the best film of the year. <laughs> we'll see. I don't think that's ever going to ha- uh, happen, <laughs> but I appreciate your um, your determination to try and make it happen. Um, so the films of this year that um, came out because it gets confusing with the Oscars because their ceremony is like in January of the next year. Yeah. So, like, even though all these films came out in 2018, they class as the 2019 Oscars. So it's a bit weird. So the films that came out um, in 2018 were Bohemian Rhapsody for the... This is for the Best Picture nominations. So Bohemian Rhapsody, Black Klansman, A Star is Born, Black Panther, Vice, Roma, Green Book, and The Favourite. So already that's a very weird mix of films. Yeah, very, very strange uh, uh, mix, for sure. I don't, like, when I was thinking about these films, I didn't know how to 
how to like I even compare them with each other, but yeah, well, it's kind of got, as you know, Oscars is kind of all about kind of that tokenism thing. But you kind of got if you look if you kind of split it out, you've got your period piece, you've got your foreign um, film, um, you've got your um, uh, political one in there, and so. But no, it's a, it's a weird mix, um, and obviously Black Panther was, I think, was. Uh, it's a strange for for a film of its type. It's a strange inclusion in Best Picture. Definitely, I agree with that. Um, but we'll get onto that. So the way that this episode is going to work is going to work very similar to the previous Oscar films episode. So we're going to talk about our weaker films first, then we'll talk about the stronger films because I don't like saying that there are best and worst because they're not because they've all been nominated for an Oscar, right? So <laughs> yeah. surely. You know, some of them have some form of standard, <laughs> but when you listen to the episode, there's one that I'm absolutely going to rip to shreds. Um, but yeah, and then we'll talk about who we thought each of our winners were, so what we thought the winner should have been that year, and then the actual winner of that year. Um, so I guess without further ado, let's get started. Brilliant. Okay, so let's start off with the weaker films then. Seeing as you're the guest, why don't why don't you start off first? <sighs> No, I knew you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> my, my weaker film would be um, uh, A Star is Born. Um, and mainly mainly because I fell asleep through most of it. And I never fall asleep through films. Um, but yeah, that was one of my weaker films for me. Um, I can tell by your face that your listeners of the podcast won't be able to see um, that you are <laughs> full agreement with that. <laughs> uh, yes, no, I, I definitely didn't put this in weaker. I'd like to hear your reasoning. Like, come on, let's let's hear out. I just think it's kind of been done before. It's just it was just like for. I mean, if you look at the other films, um, I have a slight confession, which I should have started with, really, which is that I have not seen one of the films, <laughs> um, and that is absolutely shocking. And I, just because I completely missed it off the list, and that's Roma. Um, and so <laughs> I, I could have just picked on that as the weakest film, but um, but no, I, I'm sticking with um, A Star Is Born. I just think out of all the films, apart from Roma, the all the other films uh, on there, um, I like them all for a certain reason or, or another. Um, there are stronger ones or weaker ones within there, but A Star Is Born for me are just good performances, good music, but it's just kind of been there, done that. Interesting. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I have definitely some different opinions about A Star Is Born, um, but I'll get onto them in my stronger category because I did not put it in weaker. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know, but the thing is, I couldn't put too many... There, I have a surprising amount of ones that are in weaker. So um, let me start with my... Shall I start with my weakest one and like just get it out of the way? Yep. Okay, so my Can weakest one is... Yeah. I'm going to guess it's going to be Bohemian Rhapsody. It's not. Oh, Bohemian okay. Rhapsody is not the weakest one. <laughs> okay. It is a weaker yep, one, okay. but it is not the weakest one. Yep. The weakest link for me is Vice. Interesting. Now, it's I, <laughs> I went into this film not knowing what the heck this film was about. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go for it what was the, I literally have written down in my notes what because <laughs> what was this film there was so much so many tone changes within this film there was no consistent tone which had me so confused there were some bits where it was like talking to the camera narration and stuff and like then there was bits where it was like 
you're showing me random scenes of other things in history and then you're showing me actual real life clips and then you're showing me non-real life clips and then it's just like there was there was just so much in this film where I was like huh why is this why have we now changed the tone so quickly this is so weird and like I don't know this film just made me hate the world a lot more than I already do <laughs> like I I hate the world already but you know it just really made me hate things more yeah I, I think I did think it was, I, th- I thought it was one of the stronger films, so I won't go too much into it now, but I think probably one of the reasons why maybe it's more relevant to me, kind of playing the age card here, but um, because I lived through, because I was an adult through the kind of um, uh, Cheney-Bush administration, so all of it's kind of more relevant to me. So maybe maybe that's a kind of, maybe it's a, maybe it's a kind of age thing that, that maybe it missed you, but um, I get the the erratic nature of the film it, it does go from kind of breaking the fourth wall to and then it's completely changing the tone then it stops and then it starts again and um but no I'm, I'm surprised I thought it was I thought yeah I thought it was quite good hmm. yeah I just I don't know I the issue I have is I understand that films like have to show different stories of different things no matter whether it's like because the way of filmmaking is like storytelling right you're telling stories whether it be untold stories or made up stories, true stories, whatever, right? Like it's a it's a way of expressing storytelling. But I don't understand why they would give this man a platform. <laughs> like I don't understand why this guy needs any more attention than he already has. Cuz in some parts of this film I feel like they were making me try and like him and that's where I have a big issue. Because I'm like, I don't want to like this dude. So don't try and make me like this dude. <laughs> don't try and make him compelling to me. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I, I gen- generally have a problem with anti-hero um, films and uh, and TV as well. Um, just because of the conflict of kind of liking the bad guy as such. But I thought they did a really good job of, of that. And uh, I think Bale especially uh, was uh, was brilliant and kind of unrecognizable. I mean, he was... He was unrecognisable, I give it that. I did not I did not put it together until I actually had to look really hard and I was like, I know this person. Why do I know this person? And then I had to look at it afterwards. I was like, Oh, that's who you are. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that was one of my weak films. Personally, it just felt very chaotic and like a mess. But you know, it's it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> so what's your other weaker film then? I'm- I'm actually going to go Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I it's all right. It's the music's brilliant. Um, you know, uh, Rami Malek's brilliant. Um, but it generally just it's just a soft film. It's just you know I don't think uh, the little I know of Freddie Mercury and the kind of you know um, his character, his personality, and his kind of diva side. I just don't really think they brought any of that out. It all felt kind of a bit whitewashed, and then uh, you know, and I say, and maybe because. Um, Obviously, had a big director shift in the middle of the film. Maybe that caused it, but it just—it felt like a fun film, and it was perfectly nice. But it didn't feel, for me, like um, Oscar-worthy um, on on any level. Interesting. I have put Bohemian Rhapsody as well in um, weaker, and I think it's just because, for me specifically, like I didn't grow up with Queen, therefore I did not feel nostalgia to this film. Where I feel like. Look- maybe grew up with them and saw their performance and stuff would feel like a little bit more nostalgia to this and that's what would be like a selling point but then I just didn't have any so then I critique this film as like a film 
as a whole and like the story obviously I knew I didn't know much about Queen at all or Freddie Mercury like all I knew is their popular songs and that he's an incredible singer um but then I just I watched this film and I was like oh okay I didn't know this happened between Queen and like whatever but it just felt more like a history type thing it felt like a history lesson to me I was like oh okay I didn't know these things happened oh okay that's cool (laughs) yeah I mean I think for me it was kind of I mean I was I was very young when he when he died um and but I know the songs because they're on the radio all the time but I don't know it just felt like it it didn't feel like a biopic it felt um it felt very light I mean you've got the um like the Mike Myers character in there uh, which is awful mm. and you think why you know because <laughs> it, it, it plays like an Austin Powers character um <laughs> and there's just no need for it it's just no need for it there's, there's no, and, and it's funny and it's great but it, it just takes away any kind of for me any kind of integrity for of it being an actual biopic um and I think that's a shame because it, the, again the little I do know Freddie Mercury seemed like a r- really intriguing character so I just think it was a bit glossy mm. and a bit wet I suppose would be uh one way of putting it yeah, I didn't. I didn't particularly like it too much. Um, I don't know. It was. It felt. That's not like me saying that it was completely bad. It was enjoyable, but I just don't think is Oscar worthy, as you said. Yeah, totally agree. Um, yeah. Okay. So I guess I will go to my next week of film. Uh, am I running out of week films? Kind of. <laughs> no, I have two more. I have two more. <laughs> so one of mine is Roma. Now. I thought this was brilliant. <laughs> did you? Did, or should we rewind like <laughs> a few minutes earlier? Yeah. I 100% okay. agree with whatever you're about to say. Okay, well, I don't know whether you'd want to because I don't know. For me, I didn't, I don't think I, I think people who, I watched this film, I think, a bit prematurely, right? Because I watched this um, before I properly started like looking at films in, in like a, a proper intuitive way. Um, and I watched this and I think it was just, I didn't understand it. And that's the pure reason of why I didn't like it. Like the cinematography in the song, because this is like a black and white foreign film. Um I mean, it visually, it was stunning. I absolutely loved it. I loved the whole black, because I haven't seen many black and white films. So for me, this was, it was kind of interesting to see the cinematography in this film. But overall, it, you know how when you have films that are quite impactful and you have films that are like um, quite, um, like have a lot going on. Sure. This film didn't really have a lot going on throughout it and it just more went through like storytelling like you know like you know when you see those like day in the life type things like imagine you're doing like a day in the life thing of this one particular person throughout like a month like months <laughs> but like obviously not showing every single day like but showing like the general premise of what this person goes what like there were parts when like it did get interesting and there was some like actual plot heavy stuff but the point is it took too long like it felt like it was dragging on and then interesting things happened towards the end and I don't know I just don't think it was my cup of tea I do appreciate the artistry of this film maybe I have to rewatch it again and maybe see if I understand it again now 
but um for me as like an initial thought when watching it I don't know I just I didn't think it was um I just didn't understand it. Yeah, I think sometimes, and again, I'm not speaking necessarily about Roma having not seen it, but the I think sometimes with the um, with the kind of art house um, uh, Oscar nominations, there's a there's a willingness to want to like it or want to think it's good because it's nominated for an Oscar. But actually, sometimes those things are really difficult to understand unless you are educated in the world of cinema cinematography. Or you know, it's exactly it's, sometimes it can be a beautiful picture, you just don't just doesn't really impact you or, or, or touch you in, in in any way. So um, yeah, I can I can understand that yeah so i feel like i need to go away educate myself a little bit more about cinema and then go back and watch it because it is on netflix so um i will definitely and maybe who knows matt maybe you can re-watch it again <laughs> i'll re-watch it again <laughs> i don't know if I, if the first time round was too uh <laughs> it was too emotional <laughs> if i could do that again um if you i mean if you um uh, you should check out a film called City of God, uh, which was um, similar, I think, um, based in Brazil. And they, I think, them, I don't know if they were, oh, there was two of them, but there was, uh, they were nominated for Oscar, I think. Uh, and they're very good, very easy to watch. Cool. So, City of God. I will have a look into that. Um, but yeah. Okay. Do you have another week of film? Or have I just got a plethora of week of films? There was only eight to choose from. I don't want to be bad. Um, I mean, it's 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 difficult because i want to say something and we're friends right um okay 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 i know what you're gonna say <laughs> right and i have a similar because i have put one film i was i cheated a little bit i put one film as an in-between film <laughs> like i couldn't put it as a weaker and i couldn't put it as a stronger and i yeah. think you're probably thinking of the same film that i'm thinking uh, yeah maybe I, I, it's not that i don't like black panther <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's not that I don't like it. It's a good film. I just don't think it's 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 not even the best Marvel film. So it's not um not by yeah. by quite some way as well. And I think it, the impact it had um on the industry um in the media globally um was huge. And and that in that deserves a huge amount of respect. But really, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was, I think it was a great Marvel film, and therefore I didn't think including it in the Oscars was. Uh, um, yeah, against the others, I don't think it's really kind of cuts the mustard. Mm, yeah, no, I, I agree with things that you're saying about that, but I'll talk about it in the other segment because I kind of want to, because I have too many um, weaker films. I thought, <laughs> you know what? I don't want to put this film as a weaker film as well, so I'm going to put it as an in-between. So I'll talk about it in the stronger segment. But I do agree with a lot of um, what you're saying. But I have, I think I understand a little bit more why after... Um, uh, understanding some of the the direct uh, some of the things that Ryan Coogler has said you know following on from like Chadwick Boseman's passing like some of the things that he said about the way Chadwick Boseman like contributed to this film are important to think about when considering it as like an Oscar nominated film so I'll talk about sure. that in a second um another one of my weaker films is the favorite <laughs> <laughs> now <laughs> I I did not know what to expect. A lot of the, these films is like, I did not know what to expect when walking into this film. Um, I definitely didn't know what to expect when walking into this film. And it was just plain weird. Like, I think this is probably the film that's closer towards more of the stronger, but it's, I'm putting it in a weaker purely because, like, I, I just think it was a bizarre film overall. And I don't think, it's like, Marmite you'll either love this film so much 
or you'll be very confused and weirded out by it. And don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the ploys in this film. I loved the fact that, like, it was um, the ploys for, like, the most powerful position of being, like, the queen's favourite and stuff, and, like, how you can, how they, like, manipulated different people and stuff like that. Like, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that aspect of it, but it just felt very weird. Yeah, I mean, it's a mental film from start to finish. It's not... um, (laughs) Olivia Coleman is just amazing in it um she is she is she she won that year right she run best actress that year i'm sure she did um but yeah i'm gonna google that whilst you speak but it, it's just an, it's an insane film from start to finish it's a you, you kind of just you you kind of have to pause it every now and again and go what the hell is going on um but i kind of loved it i love the craziness uh of it um and it's uh, and actually for a recommendation, if you think that's crazy, the the guy that directed it is a Greek guy, and he did. And I'm not going to try and pronounce his name because I will get it wrong. But he did a film. <laughs> he did a film called The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which is two two of my least favorite actors. It's Nicole Kidman and Colin Farrell, and uh, Colin Farrell has to, for some insane reason, has to decide which one of his family dies. Um, and it's the darkest, messed up film I've ever seen. Well worth watching. But yeah, so he's got previous for uh, crazy films. But yeah, no, the favourite I thought was, it, I just didn't really understand what was going on throughout the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, maybe that was the point. I don't know. Maybe it was the point. Uh, Olivia Coleman did win Best Actress for that year for okay. her role. Um, and then also, as we mentioned, it's like the films that I'm putting in weaker are the people who won like Best Actor. Because <laughs> um, like Rami Malek yeah. also won best actor for Bohemian Rhapsody, which I did think was very deserved. Like that was very deserved in itself. Yeah. I, Cause again, I, I may have, I may have thought Christian Bale was better for that, for that role. But again, you know, um, it, as always with the lead actor, lead actress, um, Kathy, they're all amazing performances all the way through. So it's yeah, tough. anybody can win that. So it's fine. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm assuming, do you have any more weaker before we move on to stronger? No, I'm good. Okay, awesome. So now it's going to get a little bit more interesting when we talk about um, the stronger films. Um, But yeah, let's move on. I'm going to start off um, to pass on to you. Did you say your stronger film? So not your strongest yet, because actually jumble it up because we want to say our like winner, like um, a save for last. So jumble it up. So don't say it's like your strongest film, but Give me one of your stronger films. Um, it's based Vice. Vice was Vice was a strong film for me, um, uh, and, and I think as you, you discussed, the weak points of it are, you know, because of, because I grew up through kind of the Bush Cheney administ- administration. There was a time in my life where you know I was just starting to get into politics, so I could see all that stuff going on. I found it uh, I found it very good. Um, the performances throughout, as I said, Christian Bale before was brilliant. I thought Steve Carell, Amy Adams were brilliant, um, and I just yeah, just I just thoroughly enjoyed the film. I, I, it felt bold and it felt kind of bright and colourful and and impactful. And um, so yeah, so I, I uh, that would be one of my stronger stronger films, I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I see why it's a good film, um, but not, you know, I don't know. I just don't think it was my thing. I did like Steve Carell in this film, but then again, I just like Steve Carell. There's no just Steve in Carell. general, <laughs> he is—he's just pretty great. So I mean, that was yeah. my only um, love for it. I guess I can talk about my in-between film, which was Black Panther. 
so the reason why it's like an in-between type film um, is because, firstly, I think, as far as I'm concerned, this is the first MCU film nominated for an Oscar, right? And as you said, I don't think it's the best MCU film. Therefore, I was confused as to why, like, plot-wise, it was nominated for an Oscar. Culturally, I completely understand why it was nominated for an Oscar, right? It was... The whole point of this film was its impact, right? And showing the culture. And um, I think a lot of the best things about this film were Chadwick Boseman's inputs into this film. It's like saying, you know, he right from the very start said that this should be the native language of Wakanda. That was a language that already existed um, in African culture. He, you know, the Wakanda um, forever, like, so not salute, but like um, the, I don't know, the hand action thing is actually something that's also within um, African culture as well. So all these things that they've incorporated in are like showing, you know, they're doing it in a way that they're not like just shoving it out there to like show a made up culture, as you will. They actually are, they did a lot of research into this because they knew that they wanted to make this film as impactful culturally as possible, which is why I'm kind of on the fence with this film. Like plot wise, I don't think it deserved because there's so many like things in this film, like in terms of the last fight scene in Black Panther, where it just was, they were in the dark and you just couldn't see what was going on in this fight scene, um, to like, I don't know, I just don't think for that reason it should have been nominated, but I completely understand why it was nominated culturally. But then it's kind of like, well, why do you have the best picture cat? You have to uh, kind of ask yourself the question, why do you have the best picture category? Do you have it for impactful films, or do you have, like, culturally impactful films, or do you have it for, like, a well-executed, like, um, film and I just that's where I'm confused I totally agree I just think it's um, I wanted it to be so good you know I saw it late as well so I saw it um, saw it been in the cinema for uh, for a good few weeks before I saw it and obviously the media kind of hype around it um, and, and, and all the impact it, it had I really really wanted it to be better than what it was and you know, when we talk about the other films, even the weaker films, you've got kind of, uh, you know, standout, you know, acting, the standout kind of reasons of why they're in, whether we like them or don't like them. There's, there are clear reasons why they're in that, why they're in that category. And I just can't find them with um, Black Panther. And um, so it's a perfectly good action film. It's just, I mean, if you think the year before um, Logan was uh, nominated and yes. uh, for, a, for a kind of um, superhero film, that I could totally understand why it was why it was nominated. I think that that is as as stands up as an Oscar nominee. I'm just not sure that this does. Um, and and you know, <laughs> even if you if you it's a, it's a perfectly good action film, but it's, there's certain things in it which are just you know who's the is it the female character is it Nakia? Yeah, Nakia. Yeah, she she solves this film right from the start, and everyone just ignores her. She saves everybody over <laughs> and over again. That's so true. And then That's so right true. from the start, she's like, "I think Wakanda's strong enough to go to, to go public." And I yeah, ignore her. Um, it's like, guys, I really think we're strong enough. To, no, just just shush, go away, go away, go save somebody. And then like, and then it's just no, oh, no, we'll wait for the two guys. And also the bad guy, the bad guy is is, is actually right. Am I right in saying that the guy? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. he was. The thing is, that's 
I, I like films like that. I don't know. I feel like films that make me um, like the bad guy, like understand, not like, but like understand where the villain is coming from is a good way to make you question everything. <laughs> right. I like films like that. But there is also a line where it's like, I understand what you mean, but you're going about it the wrong way type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it, it's a perfectly good film. It's, I just don't think it's Oscar worthy. And I think you're right to put it in the category because it kind of, I think, you can't yeah, judge I it think, on an Oscar nominee, really. Exactly. And I think it's very much, um, the, the issue is, I think there's a big issue with franchise films being nominated for Oscars because they target a specific type of um, audience. They target like um, mainstream they want like popularity over like i guess quality that's not to say that some franchise films are lack quality but it just means that there's like a certain formulaic thing with franchise films that you kind of i don't know there's just there's something that makes the oscars for some reason not likely to nominate them for any of the categories yeah i mean i think it's it's always an interesting um question around kind of more kind of mainstream films being included in the oscars but i think with the franchise films is that you you can judge mcu on on the whole franchise um and there are really there are standout films throughout that but actually it works better as a whole than the kind of some of its pieces if you know what i mean so um and i think mm. I'm from i com- could be completely making this up but i think it's like the the third Lord of the Rings was nominated, but I don't think the other two were, and I don't think the third one is is particularly strong in, out of the three. But I think it feel like it gets it got nominated and won those awards because it was it was treated more as the whole trilogy rather than just one individual film. And I think that there's um yeah you could almost you could almost have a franchise of the year award or a special franchise award. I feel or... like. I feel like that is something that the Oscars should consider because we are moving into a franchise-heavy... Um, well, we already are in such a franchise-heavy, like, sin- like Hollywood. Like, we have the MCU, we have the DCEU, which is starting to pick up now because they're actually starting to pay attention that they need good films. Um, and then you've got, like, I don't know, Star Wars is still a thing. They're making the Avatar franchises now, like... Uh, which I have no like I don't understand it but you know it's it's fine um and then there also is like the uh what's what's the thing called um there's another franchise oh the Jurassic World franchise is also still very present so it's just like well surely the Oscars should stop being a little bit pretentious and maybe like allow for there to be a specific award because I, I can understand why it's not nominated for Best Picture because there are a lot of other films that could be nominated. But <laughs> I do think it's an interesting thing to maybe add a franchise award. That would be interesting. I'd love to see that. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you have another stronger well, film? I was going to suggest um, you mentioned about Star is Born and then that would leave the two, which I think... I think we'll probably talk more about in Green Book and Black Klansman. So I was interested, maybe, did you want to sell me A Star Is Born? Okay, fine. I can sell you A Star Is Born. I really liked this film because, I don't know, okay, so I stumbled across this film 
a while ago, like not intentionally. It was on Sky Cinema and I was like, I will give it a go. You know, I will give it a try. I've never seen this film um, before. I've heard good things about it. You know, Lady Gaga actually acting. Is it going to be good? Bradley Cooper singing. That's also something I would like to see as well. Um, and I thought, okay, let's give it a go. And I, I think it was an enjoyable film. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. The thing is, I didn't see the original Star is Born, right? So I didn't know what to compare it to. Um, but I definitely enjoyed this version of it. Um, but maybe if I did watch the original one, my opinions would be completely different. But I don't know. The songs were epic. Did not see the ending coming at all with Bradley Cooper. Um, and I was very shocked. And I think Lady Gaga's performances, and like especially just Lady Gaga, I feel like Bradley Cooper was good. He was all right. But I, I was pleasantly surprised by Lady Gaga. I just, I didn't expect it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I just, it's one of those films. I just feel like if I, if you showed me the poster, I could pretty much tell you what the whole film's about from start to finish. And the, mu- the music's <laughs> good, and you know, it's not my, not my particular taste. The music is great, but um, yeah, I. Yeah, for me, it was just it just was just nothing. It passed me by, and you know, if I never saw it again, or never saw the bits I saw of it again, I don't think I, you know, I could die a happy man not seeing a Star Is Born. I think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like I don't think feel like it's a thing that you need to see. That it's like, oh my god, it changes your whole perspective about life. Whereas I feel like there's some films in this category that I think do, um, but I don't know. I just think. I think it was an like compared to all the other films in this category, which is not saying a lot. I can't lie. Um, it was one of the more enjoyable ones for me, and I I don't know. I really liked it, and I think more of it was me being pleasantly surprised about Lady Gaga's acting. I, I also think, um, knowing you as I do, I also think you're a massive sucker for musicals. <laughs> is slowly growing on me you know I think it is I think um a lot of things have I never thought okay this is a big disclaimer um I used to go on the record saying I absolutely hated musicals um my friend Kieran can vouch for me she was a guest on the show um she has tried so much to get me to like Mamma Mia um, I don't like it. I still don't like it. I think it's one of the musicals that I just don't get because I just don't, I'm not a big fan of ABBA music. Then I watched La La Land and then everything changed. <laughs> everything changed. And now I absolutely love musicals. You know what else helped my musicals love as well? Glee. I watched Glee. They sing a lot of show tunes and like a culmination of like me loving La La Land and me watching Glee kind of turned me into like I want to watch more musicals. <laughs> yeah, that, that was going to be my rebuttal for your whole piece on this film, which is you like Glee. <laughs> that was it. Everything you say <laughs> above that just gets written off for me. <laughs> Based on three words. <laughs> you know what? That's completely valid. And I'll take that. I will 100% take that. And I can go on the record that this is not my winner. So it's okay. Everything is fine. <laughs> there will be no friendships ruined. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I think... I think it's Glee's fault. We'll, we'll blame We'll say that. Um, but yeah, okay, so why don't you say one of your stronger films now? Okay, so I'm going to go with Black Klansman. Okay, go for it. 
Uh, well, firstly, Adam Driver, just that man. Yes, just, yes. You know, thank you. Complete thank you. bro crush. Um, the, the guy is a genius. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it means brilliant. I, I'm a big fan of Spike Lee films um, generally. Um, it just had everything. It was, it had all the things you talked around kind of being kind of, you know, impactful and kind of talking about kind of very serious kind of, you know, matters and, but also did it in a, in a kind of like impactful way, but in also in a lighthearted way. And, um, you know, some of the bits you were know, hilarious. The casting was genius throughout. Um, uh, but yeah, just, a, just an absolute uh, riot of a film. I've seen it several times. Um, yeah, absolutely loved it. I think the premise of this film was so good. It's like you're trying to get a black man to infiltrate the KKK. And that sentence in itself, because that's how I would describe the film to someone. And if I describe the film to someone who had like never, never seen it, but wants to know what it's about. And I said that to them, they'd be like, what? Wait, you're, you're joking, right? And like, it's just, it's like, whoa, this is, this is actually insane. And the whole film start to finish so entertaining and the last bit of the film as well where they try and relate it into today is very very important and i really appreciated that absolutely um, it's a real kind of it takes you on this sort of lovely entertaining ride and and it's absolutely brilliant and then it's just like wham right at the end it's like oh yeah that thing you saw on the news last week that's this and uh, no it's brilliant <laughs> absolutely brilliant um, honestly it is insane and i don't know i i am a sucker for adam driver as well but I'm going to appreciate a different person in this film. And this person is John David Washington, right? Now, when I watched this film the first time, I did not know John David Washington. I did not know who he was. Then I watched Tenet and I was like, ooh, John David Washington, he's pretty good, you know? He's like, because he's the main character in Tenet. And I was just like, okay, he's someone I should watch out for. Then I researched about Black Klansmen and I was like, so I've seen this dude before, but I was not aware that I had seen this <laughs> dude before. And I was just like, well, <laughs> now I'm like, now I'm just pleasantly happy. Like this dude has now two consecutive films where I'm like, this is amazing. This is incredible. I want to see more from you. And I don't know. I think he's one to watch for in the future. Yeah, no, totally agree with all that. And I, I would um, say my my favourite um, uh, piece in the film is um, Topher, Topher Grace being cast as David Duke. And this is like a kid from yeah. that 70 show and he's absolutely brilliant in the uh, throughout the whole film. And he takes a character which is pretty just a despicable human being on every level um, and portrays him brilliantly. Uh, absolutely loved it. Yeah, I, I just think this was... I think another thing that... Um... I've started to learn about myself is that I think I have a sucker for um, films that are set in a specific era. And I think this era, like the, cause the, cause of the aesthetic of the film, like the clothes, like the way the streets look, like stuff like that. I think I'm a big sucker for that. And I've, I've seen it come to play with many films that um, maybe it shouldn't, I shouldn't like this film as much as I do, but because the aesthetic is so nice, I really like it. Um, yeah, that, that's um, the time period as well as the aesthetic felt very authentic to me and I, it added to the immersion of the film and I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting it's the only Spike Lee um, director nomination that he's ever received, which is, you know, crazy stupid on on lots of levels but um 
yeah, and a bit of a shame, really. And, and actually, I, I possibly, whether or not I would, we'll come on to the best film uh, category, but I, uh, but actually, I think I would have had him down to win this, uh, win as best director out of the um, eight films on the list. Um, and yeah, shame he didn't. I mean, the Oscars have a, um, what's the word? A running history of giving people awards for maybe like making up for the previous awards that they lost, meaning that they didn't win for the one that they rightfully deserved. Cough, cough, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, so there is like a running history with that type of stuff. So did you have another um, um, Oscar film that um, is a stronger one for you? Uh, yeah, but just um, leave, leave Green Book to talk about, um, which um, I absolutely loved from start to finish. Um, just for, for lots of reasons, it's uh, it's a beautiful film to watch. It's, again, it's got great music in it. Um, the two leads are uh, amazing um, throughout. Um, and again, impactful story again, uh, which kind of runs as a theme through a lot of the denominations on, on that year. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was great. But how about you? What's your thoughts on uh, Green Book? Um, I think it was great. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I watched it only like a few days ago. And... I was very, very compelled um, by Mashallah Ali's character. It was, his acting was incredible. I am so, I'm so pleasantly, like, um, I'm pleasantly surprised. Because I don't think I've seen him in many things. Like, I haven't seen him in his, like, I think his best work. And... And this is, I think, some of his best work. And he is an incredible actor. His his capabilities insane. Totally agree. And then just a shout for uh, Viggo Mortensen as well. I mean, I'm a big fan of Viggo Mortensen anyway, but um, I think he's brilliant throughout. Um, and uh, again, just and and the and the, the the kind of the juxtaposition of those two characters, the whole kind of um, I love a buddy film anyway. Um, I love an odd couple of film. Um, it's just yeah, again, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyable all the way through. I don't know. This is my controversial opinion about it, but I didn't particularly like Tony's character. No? No, I don't know. I just, I wasn't completely sold at the end. Like, I, was, I wasn't I was completely sold by it. Like, the character growth of his him throughout the entire film was insane and incredible, and I was extremely impressed. Like, he goes from, like, throwing away dishes that, um, like, black people had used in his house to like openly welcoming like a black man into his house at Christmas which is a big change to happen but at the same time there were just some there were just some bits where I was just like "Mm." and I know that there's there's only so much you can do to make it believable in the time period like you can't have someone be completely like go go a complete 180 like it has to be like some form of compromise of like between the two but yeah, I don't know I, mean, I wasn't completely like like oh this he's an amazing character but his acting was super yeah good. I think that um 
I mean, I like the character. I think that I mean, I know that um, um, the real Doctor Shirley's family said that the film was completely incorrect, as uh, as was the book it was based on, um, and they had similar f- issues with the way those characters were. But I mean, I think it just kind of has a slightly Hollywood ending. I think um, with that, with the whole welcoming to mm. family. Um, but again, I love a buddy film, so um, yeah, I'm all for it. <laughs> I mean, is the Green Book a Christmas film? Oh, I like it. That's a, that's a, that's a, I'm sure there could be a dissertation written on that. Is um, yeah, I mean, that's a tough sell at Christmas. Um, I think I'll stick with Home Alone, but um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just you know one of those things where it's like, is Die Hard a Christmas film? Oh. And it's just like, well, is the Green Book a Christmas? Well, film? I look forward to your alternative Christmas films episode in December, obviously. <laughs> And add to that um, Nightmare Before Christmas because I'm still not sure whether that's a Christmas film or a Halloween film. I think it's an all year round. Exactly. Film. <laughs> I think it is acceptable to watch every Absolutely. single day. Of the year. <laughs> completely, completely fine. But I think a thing that I enjoyed about this film, um, the Green Book, was the fact that the Green Book was yeah. actually a thing, and. I didn't even know, like, that was a good history lesson for me. I didn't know that there was a thing called the Green Book. Obviously, that I knew that there was, like, segregation um, between, obviously, like, black people and white people. But I think it was interesting to see that they actually had, like, a little book for, like, people of colour who were travelling. And it was just, like, that's so messed up. (laughs) But... You yeah, know. I agree. It's it's, it's kind of nice because you have an idea of what life was like back then, um, and then you find out about these little things, and yeah, it kind of blows your mind. Um, what I found strange about the film is the film's directed by Peter Farrelly, who um, also did Dumb and Dumber, Something About Mary, Me, Myself, and Irene, and it's just a list of crappy comedy films. And then there's Green Book, and it's like I don't know what point did he wake up and go, "I'm going to make this film next." It just yeah, bizarre. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I don't know. That's very bizarre. I did not know that. But I think, yeah, it's just it's just a bit, bit weird. I, I did like um, Doc's character in the sense that, like, I liked the fact that the community, like, not being accepted by either community was uh, a big thing for him, like, to struggle with. And, like, you could see that very well portrayed in the film. And like I don't know, I thought it was very enjoyable. In yeah, that sense. I totally agree. Um, yeah, and no, I thought it was uh, yeah his character and um, and as you said, kind of not being able to be comfortable in, in in either circle was just really really interesting. Some of the scenes as well where you know these people are paying huge amounts of money to see him play and then don't want him in their house and it's yeah it's uh, must have been uh, must have been a very intriguing life for sure. I know, and yeah, very difficult one as well. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think that was a very, it was a good, it was a strong film. I have one, one, um, I was just saying, so I, I have guess... one, when I was looking at, look, re- reading up for this, uh, for the podcast, I found one interesting um, thing about Green Book. That one thing that's completely factual is apparently Tony's character did actually used to fold up a whole pizza and eat it, eat it the way he does in the film. Which, if you don't remember, he he, he doesn't the, the, he takes a pizza that's not sliced and folds it into like into one big kind of quadruple slice and eats it. And apparently, he actually did that. Useless fact of the day. That is such a bizarre. That is such a bizarre <laughs> fact that I definitely needed to. One hundred percent. Yeah, I don't even. I'm trying to remember when no. that happened, but I think I recall when it happens. I think it's in, when they're yeah. in the hotel, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> it's so bizarre. That's such a, 
I, oh no you know what another bizarre thing about this film I was tell- I was saying this to my mom it was like <laughs> I just started bursting out laughing when this happened but when Tony when they're in Kentucky and they pass the Kentucky Fried Chicken and Tony just gets so excited. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and rightly so. I, I think we all would join him. I think, I think I would be like that, but I just was not expecting it at all and I just bursted out laughing. Um, but yeah, overall, Green Book, amazing film. Definitely yep, a stronger film. Uh, um, so I guess, I think we've covered yeah, think all so. of them then, right? Okay, so I guess now we're going to hop on over and talk about our winners versus the actual winner for that year okay um i'll start off with my winner um for what i thought should have won that year now this was tough this was genuinely very tough because it was really between two um and purely because I have such a soft spot for Adam Driver and I have a very big soft spot for now John David Washington. I have to say that the Black Klansman is my winner for this year. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, You know, I think Green Book runs it really close. Um, But yeah, for me, I totally agree. I think Black Klansman uh, was the the standout for me. I did not expect you to agree with me there. I was so (laughs) convinced that you were going to go for the Green Book. But... I was going to go for Roma, um, but it... <laughs> <laughs> but decided probably best not. Um, it was it was close, um, but yeah, the, I mean, I don't think uh, I, there is really isn't much in it. I just think I I I, I think with Black Klansman for me was, and although they're both based on kind of um, on true stories, I think Black Klansman for me was just a it's just nothing. I don't, you you know when you hear that when you hear that tagline when you first when the first the trailer comes out. About what the what the film's actually about, it's, it blew me away. And to find out that it's, it's based on, you know, true uh, true scenarios is is amazing. And then a little bit like where Black Panther failed for me. So you you hear you, you get that that initial movie buzz, you see the tra- the teasers, and uh, and you have something you build up a film in your head. Um, but where Black Panther doesn't deliver for me, um, Black Panther absolutely does from start to finish. Um, absolutely nails it. So that would be my winner. Yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely 100% agree. I think it's I think for me the selling point of this film was I don't know, there are a lot of films to me that are very marketed towards Oscars. You know, this is another problem that I have. You can tell when Oscar season is coming when you see a load of films just hit the cinema that are all nominated or like all been like um a, like award season like buzz and like yeah. film festival buzz and stuff like that and they all get released december january time right what i liked about this film is that it was not released in december january time it i, I at least i remember <laughs> um <laughs> imagine if i'm wrong no i need to check that now <laughs> hold on <laughs> imagine if i'm completely wrong no i don't think i'm wrong because i remember actually taking my I'm convincing my parents to come watch this with me. Um, release date. Yes, okay, I was right. Okay, August. So it released in August, right? And I think it released more as... Because Spike Lee doesn't... I don't think Spike Lee's the type of person to have, like, hidden motives of, like, I want this to win. Like, no. you know when you know that specific films are made to 
to be nominated or considered for award season. I think that he he wanted this film to be impactful, but he didn't care whether it was nominated or not. And I was happy that it did, though. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that you know Spike Lee comes across like a guy that doesn't really care about that stuff, um, which is probably why he doesn't get uh, hasn't been nominated for as well. But um, yeah, no, I totally agree. I just, it just stands up. It it feels like an original film. All of the characters are brilliant. All of the acting is brilliant. Um, Direction is brilliant. Like I said the 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 impact of that of that final scene tying it to modern day events is just is an absolute masterstroke. Hundred mm, percent. And I think. Um, well, the actual winner for that year was The Green Book. Um, and I don't think it was an undeserving winner. Like, it definitely did deserve to, like, it. the story um, was good enough that I was like, I'm happy that it won. But, like, at the same time, I don't know, I, it wasn't the stronger one of the two for me. No, I agree. I think you could flip a coin. Um, I certainly, I certainly don't come come away from thinking, "Oh my god, how did that win?" That's not fair. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, I'd say for me, I would have um, interested. We both thought the same thing. But I think I think that the main difference, I think, if you look at everything about both films, the main difference that tips it to Black Clansman for me is Adam Driver. So, <laughs> I, I, I think this is the thing that we need to get through towards Hollywood: is that cast Adam Driver in more films. Everything. <laughs> in every i want adam driver everywhere his films are great it's actually funny i'm planning to do an episode solely on adam driver and i think it will be a brilliant episode. <laughs> i look forward to that <laughs> yeah um but he he definitely makes this film really good but i think it's the pairing of the two of Don, john david washington and adam driver just really hits the spot for this film yeah absolutely mm. But I'm I'm I am still glad that um, Mashallah Ali did win um, for best supporting role for the Green Book because he definitely deserved it. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's, I think if you go through um, most of the films, um, again maybe Black Panther aside, most of the films you could pick someone who deserved to win something um, in, in in each in each of the films. As I say, I mean I think I mean the way the Oscars work is that at least one film that is like nominated like. Uh, is nominated for best picture means that they are going to win something from that film you know yeah like black panther uh, not black panther sorry black clansman did win best adapted screenplay um then you've got um green book won best original screenplay um then you've got like you got best actress from the favorite so olivia coleman rami malek from bohemian rhapsody um then you've got, um, interestingly, best animated feature film, Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, great. I mean, that was the first year that Disney didn't win a <laughs> the animated feature award in a very long time. So that's always good. Um, See, I would argue that, that but yeah, I would argue that Into the Spider-Verse is a better film than Black Panther. Maybe that's, an, I agree. Maybe that's another, another episode altogether, but I agree. I think that it's a no, better film. No, I, d- I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Into the Spider-Verse is incredible. And then you've got, like, cinematography, Roma, which makes complete sense. Production design, Black Panther, which makes complete sense, um, along with costume design. Best makeup and hairstyling for Vice, um, which also makes sense. Um, visual effects, interesting. Visual effects, Avengers Infinity War was nominated that year and did not win. <laughs> okay, that's intriguing. That is quite interesting. 
It did not win. First Man won, which I didn't see, but it's a Ryan Gosling film, so maybe I should watch it. Uh, that's okay. It's 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 a long, long film, but it's uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's worth a watch. I mean, yeah. I mean, overall, Oscars of and Best Director went for the person who directed Roma. So overall, like everything won something except maybe a, did it, a Star Is Born win anything? Oh, best original yeah. song, which makes sense. Yeah. So, like, all of the things that were nominated for Best Picture won at least something, which is <laughs> tends to be the way this thing goes. Because, yeah. Um. But yeah, I think because then there would be there would people would argue well then if they didn't win anything that year why were they even nominated for Best Picture? Um. So, yeah, I guess this is that was very interesting. I don't know. I learned a lot of new things that I didn't know, especially about the fiasco of the Oscars twenty nineteen. Check it out; it's all true. Um, yeah, check it out. It's, um, so, yeah, some interesting uh, clangers that they uh, um, before they even got started. So, um, yeah. Strange, I mean, yeah. before before we finish this like whole thing of um, the Oscars of twenty nineteen, I'm just curious to um, of your opinion of what do you think is going to happen for the Oscars of twenty twenty one. Oh wow! I mean, I think that's going to be um, that's going to be interesting on every level, isn't it? Um, what with the lack of releases, the lack of I mean, the Oscars is the ceremony, right? So um, uh, you need that, you know, you you need the glitz and the glamour, and you need the the dresses and the suits, and who's who wears who, and you know, because there's so much about that. I mean, if you look at the other awards um, out there, I think the BAFTAs um, um, stands up uh, as a as as an award ceremony with their integrity. I think you look at the uh, the Sundance Festival, um, Cannes, all of these have way more kind of um, they hold more weight than the Oscars do. But the Oscars is the one because it's got the big the big show, the big uh, uh, the big presentation. Um, so mm, and traditionally, I think it's more based on it's more based on tradition and it's more based on like legacy yeah so you i I just not sure that the oscars are how how they're going to get away with a three-hour zoom award ceremony um and i mean the baft who was it there was a recent award ceremony that happened that went really well yeah and i think it was the golden globes or something like that it was one of the american ones wasn't it and um they did one but again again they added that sort of comedy element of of like a courier sat outside every nominee's house with an with an award, and then you know if you won, it, you got given it. If you didn't, you saw this guy drive away with your, your award. And I just don't think the Oscars can get away with the comedy element because it's supposed yeah, to be this can't. kind of stand up award ceremony. So it will be it will generally be mm. interesting to see how it's managed. Um, but knowing the Oscars, it will be managed badly. And like I don't even know what could be nominated this year. Like already, I've seen quite a few films. 2019 release films i'm just thinking what what could get nominated at this yeah i'm you know i'm not um yeah i certainly have not seen enough kind of standout films this year um yeah with all the release schedules being put on hold yeah it's been very very interesting Mm, definitely i'm interested to see how it goes but it'll be coming soon i mean we're in october now so like what november december january like February, not, not long now. It's like four months. Got we've got four months to have like eight, eight like films come out that are astounding. Yeah. So we'll see how that <laughs> fingers goes. crossed. Okay, so I guess it's time to move on to the final segment of the show, which is recommend to the back end, and you are no stranger to it. 
Okay, Matt, guess what? What? You're going to be proud of me. Uh-oh. I have her to the back end this week. Yay! <laughs> I have her to the back end! Finally. So... It took it took a pandemic to convince you that the world isn't brilliant and everything isn't amazing. I love it. <laughs> yes, it definitely did. So, um, Netflix films. So I'm going to start off first because I feel proud of myself that I have her to the back end. Go for it. Um, but... Netflix films don't have a reputation of being good and that's my starting point and that could lead down any road because there are so many Netflix films that have just been bad recently but I'm going to talk about one in particular and that is Enola Holmes. Okay not seen it yet but go for it. So Enola Holmes is basically about Sherlock Holmes's younger sister um, and her name is an anagram for alone. Because she's been alone for <laughs> her entire life with just her mom. And her mom has like been teaching her the ways of being like like her, right? And the premise is that her mother goes missing. Sherlock and, um, oh, I don't remember the other guy's name. But his brother as well also um, come back and are like, well... Anola's not grown up to be ladylike, so we're gonna send her to like a like ladylike school, like a boarding school type thing. And um while Sherlock tries and investigates what happened to their mother, and it just it's like it's it's just so boring. It's it's just a load of nothingness. <laughs> and like the thing is, I don't particularly like Millie Bobby Brown. Um, in anything other than Stranger Things um, I just, I've just i seen her in other stuff and I just don't think it's as good as her stuff in Stranger Things um, there's a lot of fourth wall breaks in this film that I didn't understand and I wasn't here for it just it felt weird that she was talking to me and I was like no please stay in <laughs> stay in your universe I don't want to interact with you and it's just like there was nothing other than the fact I was watching this film for probably Henry Cavill as Sherlock <laughs> other than that like there was nothing about this film that I was really like invested in and we could like I watched this with um my roommate and we we just we knew the plot of the entire film before it was over so yeah I mean to be honest with you as you said um Netflix original films take a lot to convince me to watch um because the standard isn't great um I mean, there's only very few that are like amazing cough cough marriage yeah. stories, <laughs> and uh, there are um, there, there's just so many rehashes of Sherlock Holmes and you know the Guy Ritchie with uh, with Robert Downey Jr. was good. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed those two films, but yeah, everything else. Is I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch as well as Sherlock is like unrivaled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, but then you've got the Holmes and Watson, uh, Will Ferrell film, which looks atrocious. Uh, so I'm not, that I'm not in any bad. way surprised that you, that you are recommend. Oh, you're putting this to the back end um, uh, on your list. Yeah, definitely. It's just it was not the one. So do you have a <laughs> to the back end now? I flipped uh, the script. Um, Probably it feels harsh saying to the back end, but um, I watched Bombshell recently on Amazon Prime. Oh right, okay. Uh, which is the kind of true story of um, uh, a lot of Fox News reporters, uh, female Fox News reporters, who uh, eventually kind of turn against their big uh, horrible um, sexist boss. Um, 
and it's all right. I mean, it's okay. It's like um, it's like a watchable film, but I feel like I, I'm going to put it to the back end because I feel like they missed a really, really good opportunity. Um, they spread the the film kind of spreads across sort of three or four different characters and you get these kind of three or four mini stories and i think if they'd have just stuck with the with the key story which is uh, nicole kidman's kind of uh, part in the uh, part in the story i think it could have been a really really good film um mm. so just overall just left feeling disappointed um and again as i say just feels like a missed opportunity because all the parts were there um i had a load of really good people in it uh it's a it's a, a you know it's a it's a it's a recent impactful story and um so yeah so it's feel like missed opportunity mm, yeah that's a bit disappointing um yeah i mean i'm definitely gonna check it out because it's on prime so i might as well but you know <laughs> Yeah, I well, will not keep my expectations yeah. high. As I say, it feel, feels bad putting it to the back end because it's not a bad film. I just think. So it's, is it it's... like a, just like a brush off the shoulder to the back end? Yeah, as like you know, could do better. Not like completely throwing it. Like no, it's a kind of see me after class. You know, it's uh, you know, let's <laughs> yeah. let's talk about this. You could have you this could have been better. This could have been your your best work. But uh, okay, but yeah, yeah, I, I mean, see that. Definitely don't avoid watching it because it is a very watchable film. Awesome. I definitely will give it a check out then. So my recommend for this week, uh, I went to the cinema um, very safely, as safely as I could, um, to watch this film called The Broken Hearts Gallery. Now, this sounds like an utter cheese of a film, and it probably is, (laughs) because, I don't know, I just really enjoyed it. I thought, so essentially, it basically takes place in New York City and, like, the aesthetic again really sold me so that's one thing that may have blinded my sight for this but um essentially it centers around oh god what are the names of the characters i'm gonna say lily and i don't remember the guy's name but it's dude from stranger things the older kid from stranger things and <laughs> this, this sounds really bad but i did really enjoy this film um and they essentially um, meet and end up, she's like a gallery um, curator and he is like, I don't know, trying to make a hotel and they meet and like it follows their story and like how they maybe work together and like they also fall in love and it's really cool. I don't know, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I thought it was really funny. It was like my type of humor as well. So I, I definitely recommend for people to watch this. I feel like I'm not in the demographic that will enjoy this film. I don't think you are. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think, I don't know. I think, I think a lot of the thing that I've really enjoyed about this film as well is because the leading female in this film is part Indian. And I was really happy because there's quite few like rom-com films that have like someone that I could like relate to as like a um in there and I was like I was pleasantly surprised by how well they executed it and another random fact about this film is that Selena Gomez executively produced it oh wow I was confused so I didn't know this until after I watched the film and I was like oh okay this is random but I appreciate it it was a good film oh well again I'm not gonna watch it but good for you (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) 
So do you have a recommend? I have the best recommend, actually. And it's uh, and it's a strongly, strongly, strongly recommend. So think back to 2019, Ooh. the Oscars. Um, there was a distinct lack of female directors on the um, on the Best Directors um, Award. There were two films, that, two films that year um, directed by women. There was one called You Were Never Really Here, which is Wacky in the Phoenix. And it's, uh, it's a very, very good film. Um, but the one I want to recommend is a film called Leave No Trace, which is currently available on Netflix. It is um, about a, I think it's ex-military guy, played by Ben Foster, who lives off-grid with his 10-year-old, uh, sorry, 13-year-old daughter. And she's played mm-hmm. by, uh, get her name right, Thompson McKenzie, who was in Jojo Rabbit. And so there's, oh, nice. so there's okay. this father-daughter, they live off the grid, um, completely off the land, in the, in the middle of the woods. Uh, and there's this mistake and they get found and they get tried to be reintegrated back into society. Um, and obviously the dad and the daughter really, really struggle with it. It's a complete kind of, she has to start going to school and, you know, um, and he has to start kind of integrating with society, getting a job, having talking to the neighbours, all that. Um, but it's an absolutely brilliant film. And, it, you know, how it wasn't, how it didn't receive any nominations in in the Oscar years is is astonishing because um, it it could have it could have easily have had uh, a best film nomination, a best director nomination, a best actor nomination. So it's um, I thoroughly recommend it. It's on Netflix at the moment, um, and it's a very very good watch. Interesting. I have never heard about this, so I definitely should check it out. I think there is a strong push that needs to be for more female directed films, um, like. And I think a lot of the excuses that the Oscars give is that, like, well, not a lot of female directors, like, there are not a lot of female directors, so therefore there's not a lot of films to choose from, like, of the good pile. But I'm like, if you look hard enough, you would be able to find them. Yeah, and Leave No Trace is a great example of it as well because it's it's not a it's not a female film. It's not a it's not a um, it's not a, it's not about kind of um, it's it's not about gender at all. It's just a really really good yeah. film. Um, exactly, uh, and I think people forget that it needs it doesn't need to be like a female film that talks about female. It can just be a female direct yeah. a female di- like a, a film, yeah. just a general film. Yeah, no. So check it out and let me know what you think. Yeah, I definitely will. I'll maybe give it a watch this week and talk about it next week. <laughs> awesome. So I guess we can wrap this episode up now. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Matt, for coming on to the episode. It's been great to have you back. Thank you. I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm now officially a franchise. I look forward to my third film, <laughs> which is always the worst one. Um, so, yeah, so I look forward to that in the, uh, in, in the coming years. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah. we have to just find an episode that where we'll completely disagree about everything <laughs> but i feel like we've already done that with the shape of water so i don't know what could be next for yeah. this i mean we could i mean i think we could talk about iron man you know i hate iron man um oh your face your face dropped it <laughs> your face dropped so much already there you go it's a whole episode of that of us arguing about the uh about the iron man uh, part of the mcu franchise i mean <laughs> I, I don't think I could handle that. I think I would end up just <laughs> ending the call. I'd rage quit the call. Like, I can't do this anymore. The, sh- the shortest Deets with Deets episode ever. Just like five minutes <laughs> of you trying to explain why you don't like Iron Man, just me being like, no, you're wrong. And then just ending just it. Dead. <laughs> well, thank you very much for having me. It's been lots of fun. Awesome. So I'm going to do wrap up with the important things of the episode. So 
If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give the podcast a subscribe. And whilst you're there, give it a rating and a review. Five star ones only, please. They are great. Um, and if you are listening on Spotify or um, you are listening on Google Podcasts, then you should give it a follow over there. Um, if you want to find out more information about um, just what I watch on a day-to-day basis that I may not talk about in an episode, you can follow me on my Letterboxd account, which is underscore Nandita underscore. And if you want to follow more, like, keep up to date with, like, when podcast episodes are coming out, get teasers about what the next podcast episode is going to be about, um, you can definitely um, follow my socials on Instagram and Twitter at Dita for both. Um, I also post teasers every Monday for each episode, so definitely stay tuned for those. Um, and next week's episode is going to be a Christopher Nolan themed episode. So I'm going to be talking with a special guest, another returning guest as well, um, about a load of Christopher Nolan films. So that should be interesting. Can't wait. <laughs> nice. So I guess um, that's all I have for this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And I will see you all next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.